Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. What I do here is my morning in the summer in Susia. I'm the lifeguard, I know. I've told you all that. I'm the lifeguard in the summer. So every morning we open at 6.30. And this is what I hear. And I thought I'd share it with you because I love summer. And I love water. And for years, they didn't open in the morning and I pushed and pushed and pushed and I told them if you open in the morning, people will come, they will come. You should see, I mean, they, they wait for me, these, these women. So we have an hour for women and an hour for men. Slipper swimming. And then when the real season opens, it's also separate swimming. So boys and girls are always separate, they're always swimming separately. And um, I like that, I think it's good. The boys are really, really wild. But it's, um, it's like a little oasis here. It's so hot. And um, the women's time is very different than the men's time. The women's time for the, I'm talking about the girls during the day, it's all mothers and babies. All mothers in the baby pool with their little toddlers and the girls um, in the pool. And not so many teenagers. You don't see too many teenagers. But for the men's time, and I used to be the lifeguard for the boys, it's very different. There are no adults, no fathers just boys and it's horrible and it's like a jungle and I've tried to tame them over the years with races and stuff Um, I've told you this I think but now they have uh, the past two years they've had a man lifeguard so that's helpful but there must be like, like 12 women in the pool you know it's crowded it's a great way to start the day, and it's nice to see as the population ages here, these older women, you know, this is like, they really, really look forward to this. And it's so healthy. Even if they're not the greatest swimmers, you know, it's just so healthy to start your day with a little bit of exercise early in the morning, in the water. And then afterwards, everyone goes to the store and picks up their fresh vegetables and their pito and their milk for the day. It's very cute. Okay, stay with us. We'll be right back. Israel is located in one of those volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. Um, I have been having a very challenging time getting interesting guests for the program. It takes a lot of time 
to uh, find people and screen them. And believe me, there are tons and tons of interesting alias stories out there. There are. But I'm just one person, and I am having um, a challenge with my uh, time and my schedule, and I have to ask you all to forgive me. Um, I'm probably going to be taking a break for the summer and playing reruns of my program. And uh, today I'm just going to be speaking with you um, because I... You know, it's it's a scheduling thing, really. People are busy, and we try to set up a time, and it doesn't work out. And and even the summer, during the actual live show, I'm lifeguarding. I can't. I'm not even available. Um, but uh, it's been, um, you know, two years I've been doing this. Met lots and lots of people. And um, I think I mentioned in my last program, David Brenner, and I, we work together with Partners in Aliyah. David Brenner is really the, the backbone of that project. Um, he and I are going to be putting together um, videos, live videos of different people. So um, those of you who are interested in Aliyah can access via the Partners in Aliyah website those videos and see these people and hear these people and um, get in touch with them and ask questions. Because I know a lot of you who are contemplating Aliyah do have questions, and that's fine. That's normal. That's healthy. It's great. Um, we've heard a lot of different opinions on this program. Some people have said, plan, make a plan, come prepared. And others have said the exact opposite. Just come, and you'll figure it out when you're here. Now, there are all kinds of people. There are planners. And there are doers. Some people plan so much that they never do. Um, you know, you have to put one foot in front of the other in any case and, and see what comes of your plan. Um, Alia is a beautiful option, but I will say it is not easy. It is not a dream, and it is not something you see on Facebook and think that's really what it is. People going to restaurants and going to these beautiful parks and um, concerts and cool vacations. Yes, you know, you could have that. Some people have that. But, you know, there's a, there's a real life here. There's a real grind also. You know, our, we have children. They have problems. There's school to deal with. There's teachers. There's bruises. There's falls. There's health clinics and all that stuff also. Um, it's just not fun to talk about, so people don't talk about that. But... You know, there's also Parnassa, you know, making a living. You know, all these things are challenges in their own way. Different people handle them in different ways. Um, sometimes you come here with this great plan, this grand plan. You have your job, you have your this, you have your that. And it just doesn't last. For whatever reason, things fall apart. I have a friend who told me, even if you come to Israel with a job that's, for instance, um, telecommuting or, or far away, that doesn't often last. Um, that's debatable. Uh, it, it all depends on the situation and, and the person. You know, it's, you have, to, you have to be flexible here, and you have to be flexible, I think, everywhere. Um, it's just part of growing up, part of being an adult. You know, circumstances change in all our lives. Marriages are you know, one section of our own challenges. Having family, not having family... Um, I work with a woman, and she's funny, you know. She's complaining to me that her 
in-laws are living here in Israel. She's an Ola, and her husband is, and her parents don't help enough, which is so funny, you know, um, because we don't have the option of complaining about the, our parents not helping enough because they're not here. Um, it's very just, it's a very different uh, point of view um, once you're here, but it's, um, it, is, it is a great decision that we made, and um, I urge all of you who are considering it to continue to ask your questions, reach out to the different groups, and explore. I um, recorded part of my morning walk for all of you so you could hear how I begin my day every single day and kind of feel like you're on the walk here in Susia with me. So I'm going to play that for you now. It's just a minute long, but I love this. And it gives me um, a lot of, uh, what do I say? It gives me like internal energy to have this. I do a, like 45-minute walk every morning. And it's just, oh, I just love it. I mean, you know, it's, it's really quiet. You're going to hear it in just a minute, what the sounds I actually hear. And um, if you can, just, just listen and imagine you're doing that as well. Here we go. I hope you enjoyed that. I love that part of that day, and it's hard for me to, you know, just experience it by myself and not share it with others. And I am constantly asking my children to come with me on these morning walks. And it's so bizarre to me that they don't want to because it's, like, magical. You know, it's this magical part of life that they don't see. Um, nobody sees. Just me. And the... Uh, you know, the foxes and the jackals and whatever animals are out there. Sometimes I see deer. Uh, they're called ibex. And uh, I've discovered a family of, I, there might be coyotes underneath uh, this neighborhood in a rock. They have babies. The husband and wife go running and leave the babies in there. I've seen them. Um, that's exciting. But I want to play something now for you that I recorded um, earlier this week in the car. I was moved. And I wanted to tell you about an experience I had. So here it is. I, I just want to mention something else that happened that I don't talk about enough. I just picked a tramper, a, a, a tramp, a um, hitchhiker. Okay, I picked someone up, and it turns out that uh, I know his family. I couldn't really look at him because I'm driving, but he knew me, and he told me what grade he's in, and I asked him if he knew my kids, and I know the family. I've known them for years. 
and they live in Sansana. It's a yishuv south of Har Chavron. They go to our school, but they're closer to Beersheba. They're actually like probably considered a neighborhood of Beersheba, and we even look to live there. Um, very nice, very nice yishuv. And um, we were talking about. I asked them what swimming pool they go to because they don't have one, and they probably go to Maytar, a neighborhood nearby. And he said, uh, we, we, don't, we don't go anywhere, it's a problem. Maytar is expensive. And I'm like, yeah, life is expensive, kid. You know, that's part of life, but it's worth every shekel. And you guys should, you know, register and, and go because it's a beautiful, beautiful pool there. It's a country club, real country club, manicured, clean, beautiful locker rooms, a gym also, just, you know, lots of activities, a tennis court. It's awesome, really, really nice. Um, and then uh, he was at, I don't know, I was talking about the pool and how active it is and how there's a, there's a what's it called, a strike today, two-hour teacher strike, so the, the morning swim class was canceled, and I was telling him that. And then we were talking about other swimming pools in the area, and um, there's ours, there's, and then he started complaining how there's not, nothing in Gush Etzion, that's where his yeshiva is, and Gush Etzion's a huge area, you know, there are 20,000 people, I think, just in the front. No swimming pool. And there's a swimming pool in Alon Shvud and it's been closed for two years. So we were talking about that and um, it was just so funny because we have like, I think four swimming pools in my area. And uh, you know, I, I said to him and I'm saying to you, some of these things in Israel, some of these places like where I live, Har Chavron, it's almost like a secret. It's like this well-kept secret. It's so great in so many ways. Um, and such a high, I guess you call it a high, not a high standard of living a high quality of life and that's true I think in every place in Israel especially the periphery not the cities when I say high quality of life I mean it's quiet it's clean there's not a lot of noise there's no traffic Um, you know there's no paid parking nobody steals it's just like living at a camp like a summer camp all year round and you know your neighbors, and you know people in the area, and you trust each other, and there's just a real wonderful life here in that way. And yes, we're, we're far from the cities, so we don't have movie theaters, and it's true, we don't have any restaurants, and there's nothing to do after five o'clock at night, it's true. It's, it's you know, real family life, you know? Nowhere to shop, nothing like that. But it's a high quality of life, and it is, wonderful place to live um, and I'm, I'm lucky we found it so we are at the end of this time we will be back after these messages don't go away um, please write in and let me know if you're okay with this new format and if there are any particular um, particular topics you would like me to cover we'll be right back The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar? She's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm talking to you from my morning walk. I played for you um, the sounds of it. And I, you know, kind of hate talking here. But I'm on the security road, the perimeter of my yeshuv, far from people. It's about 5.40 in the morning. And um, I'll keep my voice down. Um, so this is the time I think about life and my life and, you know, stuff. And I'm sure there are a lot of you out there who do the same thing, you know, take a walk every morning, um, to do that, to clear your head. And it's a great way to live. It's a great way to start your day. And I just started doing this when we got the dog, um, during Corona, it was actually, I think October 1st, 2020. And we got this dog to, to for my husband to run. He's a runner, and the dog's a husky. And a friend of mine was giving him away. The wife wouldn't let the dog in the house. So we said, we'll take him. But it turns out that I've, I've been the one uh, walking out with him every morning. Um, and I've changed my entire life. I've become this early morning person. And I go to bed really early, too. So I used to be like the opposite, you know, I used to stay up really late at night until one, two in the morning. That was normal for me. And I would sleep late in the morning. (coughs) And I've changed. I've changed. Um, I like this life better. I like the morning. It's quiet. Nighttime's quiet too, you know, but it's, uh, I was always a little bit afraid. I would be working at night, and you know, you hear the hear the wildlife, you hear the jackals calling and stuff, and I was a little nervous. <laughs> you know, um, it's just different. It's different. Um, I just got a really nice letter from my mom, who is in Toronto at a wedding, a friend's wedding. She went by herself. My dad's not doing well, so she does stuff on her own now. And it was so cute because she wrote, Please call me. I miss you. I wish you were here. And that's kind of what I want to talk to you about. Um, I'm also on a WhatsApp chat with my siblings. I have three. I have two sisters and a brother. I'm one of four, which is a big family. As a conservative Jewish family where I am from, we would go to synagogue and we would all like, you know, file in to the row. Everybody would pretty much watch us. There were so many of us compared to the normal families, which was two kids. Um, But we're all pretty close, but we're far away. We're far away. Um, None of them have real Jewish lives. Um, And uh, Israel is not important to them at all. At all. Um, The only thing is that we're here. So it's good that we have WhatsApp and Facebook, and that's how we communicate. But that's what I want to talk to you about. When you do move, move to Israel, yes, you're changing your life. 
and you're also leaving your other life behind and it is real you know it is significant um and uh you have to just take that into account uh, i was speaking to someone recently who uh, i don't know something like the the wife doesn't want to come at all i think i told you that or something like this and 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 the one only one of the couple does now that's breaking up a family um you know i don't i don't think breaking up a family is is the way to go you know <laughs> i think uh if you both want to come you both have to want to come it can't be one person working against the other just like any move it's just like any move except it's harder okay living here is harder it's a new culture and you have to be a team when you do it um so i get these letters from my mom not my siblings they don't write letters they like i told you were on whatsapp and stuff they don't miss me my mom does i'm like the most like her and uh that's nice to get and it's kind of hard to hear because she's kind of by herself um, but i'm lucky you know i have siblings there and they check up on her but nobody is living there near my parents um so that is hard and you know we all do get older and we have to think what kind of care are we going to want what care are we going to need and what kind of example can we set for our own children so i brought my mom here um for pesach first time ever and um yeah it was you know challenging she's needy okay <laughs> doesn't walk so well um doesn't keep kashrut keep kosher and doesn't speak even any hebrew you know okay so i kept her by my side like a like i was like her nurse basically and her companion for three weeks and she drove the kids a little crazy and everything drove me a little crazy we did have words we had little fights but that's okay i don't care um i'll do it again i'm gonna bring her in after sukkot for my son's bar mitzvah and my kids are like oh come on mom and uh yeah that's what you do you know you bring them in you you make it work and when you move here that's the thing i guess i didn't even like ever talk about this to you guys um we moved here in 2005 we had two little boys ages two and three and um we weren't rich i had a job long distance i was working for a law firm long distance um i think i was making $35,000 a year, I think, because I was a new, new associate, and it was part-time, okay, and it was like a smallish firm, I think those numbers are right, I, I could be, there was $45,000 a year, you know, it wasn't like a big attorney, you know, salary that you get when you're established at all, or a top-tier law firm that the person was like recruited, not like that at all, it was a small firm, it was kind of like a new model type, it was like we did online trademark filings and stuff and um i left so i i worked from home and i trained a paralegal to be my assistant from far away and i worked on the computer like on the kibbutz where we lived and i was still paid in dollars okay but for an israeli living in a kibbutz with very very low expenses no it was enough money 
Um, and my husband, I think the first year, didn't have a job at all. He, he learned Hebrew. He went to Ulpan. And he translated and transferred all his, um, like, he had a master's degree, okay, and a bachelor's degree in education. And he had those transferred over. And he then started working with the Department of Education here to find a job. And he did. He found a job in the Arava, the very south of the country, at a high school as a high school English teacher. All right. So that's like what our first year was like. Me working, him doing his Ulpan and translating his documents, which is kind of, it was an ordeal then. It might be easier now. And our children were in um, all day in Gan, just the word for kindergarten here. And um, our biggest struggle was like our, our oldest boy, who was three and turned four, he didn't speak for six months. And we were a little bit concerned, but in the end it was okay. Um, because, you know, they, the kids were all just pretty much thrown into this new life, all Hebrew-speaking life. And I had a baby also. I had a baby as soon as we landed, so I had a baby. So I was at home with a new baby and working off my computer. And, like, the biggest other thing that year is I think I got pneumonia and bronchitis, and so did the baby. And we had to go to Afula Hospital, and I was actually hospitalized for a couple of days. Okay, so this, this happened. Um, why am I telling you this? Why am I telling you this? Because um, it is a change. It is a change. And today, even though it's easier than ever before, it's still a change. And you are far from home. And um, um, however, if you move to an English-speaking community, you have a lot of support. Um, and that is something that I didn't, I, I hadn't known. We didn't know because we just weren't part of a Alia type of community when, when we moved here. So this is a lot more support. But it's still, you know, it's still you on your own if you don't have um, family here. There are people now complaining about August. August here. There's no, like, camp or anything organized for children. In July, there are camps. There's, like, three weeks of camps everywhere. Okay? Everywhere. Even here. It's called uh, Kitana. And it's, like, little little programs the school will run or or the Moatza, the regional council will run. Or here in Susia, um, it's run by, like, the, the, the couple that's in charge of the teens or something like that. Okay? It's, there's something for kids to do. It's not anything like an American camp. It's not... Like they're going to gain any skills at all. It's just to keep kids busy and to keep parents, you know, free. So it's junky, okay? It's junky. They, like, I don't know what they do. I think they eat chocolate all day and cut it up into squares, honestly. I don't know what they do. We signed our kids up maybe once for it. Um, my kids like, made their own little activities. I don't even know. But um, why am I telling you this? Yes, I, I know why I'm telling you this. There's a lot of discussion now in one of my Facebook groups about how summers, what do people do? What are you going to do? There's no kitana, no camp. So what do parents do that need to work, that can't travel? Because most people go on vacation. What do people do? And, and everyone's writing in saying, yeah, if you don't have family here, it's hard. You have to use all your vacation days from work. You have to trade off with your husband. You have to find a private uh, camp. And you don't, you know, there's no savings. Here. That's also something I don't think I ever mentioned on the show. You don't save money in Israel. You don't come here um, to make money, and you're not going to save. 
you are going to lose money living, living here. You're not going to have like, uh, what's it called in America? They would call it like a nest egg, I think. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after these messages. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Local Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American Time, 7 a.m. Israeli Time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Welcome back to Returning Home. I'm your host, Natalie Sapinski. We were just talking about how uh, here in Israel, there's really no opportunity to save money and to create a nest egg, which I, I love this expression. Um, but uh, I, I talk about that, and that's what I was trying to um, talk more about. I'm going to play for you what I recorded earlier and uh, what I didn't get to in the last segment. Um, because the salaries are extremely low and living expenses are high. So that goes. And your, and your idea, your idea of money will change. Um, it changed for me. It changed for me very, very early on. It changed for me, actually, when I was a student here for the one year at Hebrew University. And um, I went out with this guy. And I saw him taking money out of the automatic teller for a date. He was younger than me. He was maybe 20. I was 21. Maybe he was 19. He was Nole. His family moved here from South Africa, and he was going to the army um, the coming year. And I was—I loved this guy. And he brought me to his house to meet his parents. Anyway, he took all this money out for a date. I never saw anybody take so much money out. It was like a lot. I don't know, 400 shekels or something. This is in 19... 92. That's like a hundred dollars. And I was like, whoa, this guy's like crazy, you know, what's he planning on doing? And every guy I went out with pretty much like, it's not like they took out money, it's like they spent money. And I, and I understood later that people do live here. It's called Tesechayim, do life, make life. And they don't hold back. So when you don't hold back, yeah, you don't save, but at the same time, you live, you live, and the planning for the future and all that type of thing, it's not really a thing here, you don't, you don't really plan for the future, you don't make these grand plans, you just do, um, and it's, it's a great thing, it's a great way to be, I loved that, I incorporated that into my own life. And um, that's something that people probably should know about. The lack of savings, the lack of planning, the lack of a sure thing. You know, you may have a plan to come here and have this job lined up and this house lined up and you get here and things just don't work out the way 
you had expected them to, and promises that were made to you are broken. Um, my husband has a funny saying. He says there's a different, there's this different standard of truth here, because he's been lied to so often. And it's, you know, you could come right out and say you're a liar. You lied to me. But these people, this is this Middle Eastern way. They just, yeah, they're not, they're not real straight sometimes. Um, they start a job, they don't finish it. They, 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 they do a job. It's not what they said it was going to be. Um, the paint isn't white. It's thinned down with water. Uh, you know, all kinds of excuses. They just, just all kinds of things happen. Um, and uh, it's something you. It's, I don't want to say you get used to it, but you, but you, but you learn. You learn to expect it and you're not surprised by it after time so you make your decisions accordingly okay so like we don't have a manicured lawn because we won't hire arabs and the jews are the only ones we've hired so far and we've been disappointed by all of them it's a horrible thing to say now you know we'll have to just keep trying we haven't hired all the jewish workers you know um having workers is a challenge a lot of people hire arabs and they're managed by jews um that's their decision you know i'm not going to make that decision um sometimes it's just easier to buy a house that's ready you don't need to add on that that would be great that wasn't an option for us when we live here there were no houses that were ready um what else can i share with you um I just really wanted to tell you about the breaking of the family because that, that has come to my attention twice over the last couple of weeks. And it's hard to hear that. And um, I don't think it's a good decision. I don't think God meant to break up a family, even even a mixed family, even if it's like, you know, a non-Jewish family. I don't think you're supposed to break up a family. I think you can love Israel from wherever you are and help Israel from wherever you are. And if you need to break up your family to come here, I don't, I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't think that's like a good thing. I really don't think so. Um, and that's just my two cents on it. I'm not a, a Rav and I'm not a Jewish authority. Okay. So um, you can take that or leave it as you wish. But I wanted to say it and get it out there on the record. And yeah, I had to change out the format of my show because chasing down uh, guests, is, scheduling with guests, it's two separate things. Chasing them down and then scheduling. It's, it's uh, taking a toll. So I think this summer I'll do this format, talking to you, and I hope that's okay. And if any of you have suggestions of topics you'd like me to cover, please write in. I love your letters. Write in. Um, and I will do my best to cover them and if I need to find an expert at least that'll narrow it down you hear this pack of dogs we're now we're passing a hilltop and they have a pack of uh of goats up there and they have a pack of dogs watching them and here they come following us like guard dogs look at this here they are following us oh yeah here they are they see that we're okay I think but that's good it keeps keeps uh, everybody on alert probably waking up the whole house now all right now I remember 
what I was going to say before. I started talking about... And by the way, I'm at the pool now. It's now like 7. I started talking to you about how you don't really save money living in Israel. But I, what I was heading towards was vacations. And how... Um, since you're not saving money, you don't really take vacations. Now, when I speak to you about you don't save money, I'm not talking about everybody, okay? There are people who probably do, and there are people who have more money than me and can afford um, more things, all right? So, you know, not everyone's like me, and I'm just one person. But in general, um, you know, things here are expensive, and you don't make as much money, okay? But if you can swallow that pill and many of us do, then, you know, there's just a, it's a different kind of life. So one part of life that's different is vacations. Like, um, your, the vacations you will take are different, are, are less elaborate, perhaps. Maybe they're local. You stay in Israel. You hike, do day trips. If you do travel abroad, you know, a lot of people here go to funny places. They're funny to us. Bulgaria is very popular. Gorgia, they call it Gorgia, Georgia which used to be part of the Soviet Union, okay? Like a little Russian type of country. People go there. Um, people go to Greece. Some, all the kids go to Sinai, the Sinai, okay? They go there. Whatever American Jews do in America, I don't know, I think if people go to Florida in America, maybe? Um, so yeah, the Florida here is a lot, so people go to a lot. You know, you don't need to fly. Some people do, but it's very, very expensive. And um, why, you know? So if you can bring family here, and if family can come here, if it's all about visiting family, that's what should happen. That's what they should do. Um, if it's not about family, and it's just about doing something fun, yeah, you can do all that in Israel. It's maybe a smaller scale than maybe, uh, you know, than you would have done otherwise. But we have parks, you know, there's no Hershey Park, but there's something called Superland, and there are water parks. And there are, um, you know, kibbutz hotels and um, then the history, you know, there's tons of stuff to do. And people do it. And it's very, very kid-friendly. It's just really, really nice here. So that's, I think, a huge thing about living here. You don't need to travel far. Like, if you want to go to uh, the Grand Canyon, you go to Timna, you know, in Eilat, right outside of Eilat. And that's your Grand Canyon. If you want to go um, canoeing, you don't have to go to, you know, wherever there's a lake. There is a lake here, Kinneret, and you can go here and do all your water sports. There are lots of beaches, lots of beaches. Ashdod, Ashkelon, Tel Aviv, Netanya, Haifa, I mean, tons of beaches. So that's actually something that isn't talked about much, I think. But it's, uh, it's great. It's easy. It's easier here. And there's Airbnb here, okay? There's also hotels. There's also camping. So there's all that. And um, it's just easier, I think. And the vacations here, you know, there's tons of them. But um, that's something I have not spoken about. But there are people who talk about it all the time. Families that travel. There are special chats about it. There are Facebook groups about it. And um, there are historical sites all over the place that are kid-friendly. And there are these also these, these nature festivals. There's like a cherry festival here every year, um, right near me in my own. My daughter is actually now in the Golan picking cherries as part of her school. She brought us a huge amount, um, like four kilo 
Um, she went in the middle of the night and picked them off a tree. They're working in some kibbutz. Um, you know, there's all kinds of cool things to do, and there's all kinds of places to go for our little country. So that's a big plus, a big great thing about being here, and that's living here and also coming here to visit. Those are both what I'm talking about. Whether or not you end up living here is that that's hard. Okay, living here, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that's hard, but if you do come here, and that is so great to do, there's a lot to do even then coming for two weeks every year coming for the holidays um it's great you know it's, it's a great way to get to know the country that's it we're out of time thank you all for listening to returning home we'll catch you next week get the inside news on Israel. At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Norris from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. opinion and more you're listening to israel news talk radio 